Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's December 13th, 1294. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. The most recent pope to resign was Benedict XVI, who stood down in 2013. But before the 21st century, only five popes have unambiguously resigned from their posts. And today in history was one of them, when to the shock of the entire College of Cardinals, Pope Celestine V stood up, gave a short speech, stripped himself of his papal insignia and literally walked out. And this was after only 15 weeks. I mean, that's the other thing that really marks... I mean, Benedict's one thing, you know, a couple of years, giving it a go, not sure. 15 (laughs) weeks! This man was the Liz Truss of Popes. He was hopelessly out of his depth. He was a disaster from the word go. Well, and his resignation letter was honest in a way that many of us who've been stuck in awful jobs have dreamt of. He cited his desire for a purer life, for a stainless conscience, and his longing for the tranquility of his former life. Mm. And his former life was pretty dang tranquil indeed, because he had by this point spent decades as a hermit in the mountains, so maybe not the person most suited to occupy the position of Pope. Yeah, it doesn't have the hubris of Truss because Truss put herself forward. (laughs) I mean, what's weird about this is he'd been a hermit until the age of 79. Just imagine yourself as him. You are living in the woods in the middle of nowhere upturn a bunch of cardinals and they say not we'd like to consider you but like <laughs> fate accompli hey you're the new pope <laughs> to go from he didn't speak latin he'd never been to rome to go from being a hermit in the woods to you are the new pope at the age of 79. Okay, so to get to that group of cardinals on his doorstep, we do actually have to go a few steps back. So he was born Pietro della Morone to peasant parents and began his career at the Benedictine Monastery in Santa Maria di Faifula. And within a few years, living in a commune had evidently lost its appeal to him. And he just withdrew to this cave on Mount Morone. And that's where he chose to live completely alone, devoting himself just to quiet meditation and prayer and chill out. But this was a time when traditional religious hermits, at least, could get a a bit of a following around them. He was sufficiently popular that he was able to found his own monastic order. And it kind of sounds like people just kept hanging out with him. And he was like, okay, I will create a monastic order for you to be a part of. I just (laughs) wanted to be alone, but you keep hanging around. So here it is. And one of the tenets was vegetarianism. So obviously Dalmarone was in no way agitating to be considered for the position of Pope. So how did he get there? The answer is that he was the last Pope not elected by conclave. So this is a process which has undergone lots of tweaks and reforms over the centuries, but it's basically basically the same as what happens now it's a vote by cardinals but the conclave comes from the latin word meaning with a key i.e they were being locked in to decide and they wouldn't be let out until they had decided and that might seem like a bit of you know a whimsical formality but actually it was a really real problem in the medieval era particularly that there was a deadlock and a lot of that is because secular leaders behind the scenes you know 
kings and dukes and so forth had a huge political influence on the cardinals and some of the cardinals themselves were really influential in the secular world too so there were all these conflicting priorities and often they couldn't get to a vote and the record was the election of 12 what well, the title alone tells you the election of 1268 to 1271 wow. which was held in the town of Viterbo north of Rome and it went on so long that local authorities locked the cardinals in the palace where the vote was taking place and then when they still couldn't make their minds up they removed the roof and then when they still couldn't <laughs> make their minds up they put them on a diet of bread and water and from this it still took another year for them to come up with their candidate <laughs> and that super long deadlock led pope gregory the 10th to decree in 1274 that the vote should be in a conclave a closed session with a maximum of two servants per cardinal and a progressive reduction in rations until they would eventually get to bread and water but these reforms <laughs> passing were through unders- vegetarianism presumably <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but these reforms understandably were not popular with the cardinals and so those reforms were kind of cast by the wayside, which is why it would take over two years to choose Del Morone. Mm. Yeah, so at this point, they're like a hung jury, or the equivalent of that in the Cardinals. And so Charles II, understandably frustrated behind the scenes, is like, look, let's just sort this out, yeah, it's been two years. And he asks his mate Moroni, our hermit, to write a letter. And in the letter, Moroni, who had founded his own strict branch of Benedictine thought, and, you know, had some credibility, writes... God is angry with you guys because you you need to get on with this. If you don't elect a pope within the next four months, then the Lord is going to severely chastise the church. Mm. Get on with it. That was the purpose of the letter. It was just like (laughs) to give Charles II some credibility that it wasn't coming from him. It was coming from a spiritual man. Yeah. (laughs) And the cardinals, instead of thinking, yeah, he's got a point, who should we choose? We're like, how about this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Who should we get? How about the author of this letter? I mean, yeah, come on. You have to you have to picture the desperation. It's been 2 years. The cardinals have been moving all around. They had to leave Rome because there was a disease and all the and the foreign cardinals didn't want to come to Rome because of the disease and the disorder. And even in this session they were in Perugia. Cardinals had just started leaving. They'd mm. been there for months and the cardinals were like, "I'm probably just going to go home now because we haven't made any <laughs> progress." And so it was apparently Latino Malabranco Orsini, the senior cardinal, spontaneously I I imagine desperately who suggested look what about this guy everyone and the others just seized on it there were only six of them there they had to rush out and get the cardinals who were on their way to go home get them to come back and so Moroni was elected by acclamation which is actually an official way of electing a pope it's basically seen that the spirit of God has moved the assembled electors so they express this spontaneous unanimous vocal vote in favour of the new pope but he didn't really have either the education that you would ordinarily have expected of a pope, nor did he have the political connections to be able to make his way in what really you can imagine has always been a bit of a you know complex political system, if not viper's nest. You know, <laughs> also he couldn't speak Latin, and so for the first time, this exception had to be made for him to be able to talk in Italian rather than Latin in official meetings. But also, it appears that he wasn't above corruption himself, and he actually favoured his own monastic order, he granted them unprecedented privileges and power, even attempting to annex rich monasteries for the people who had now become known as the Celestines. So, you know, he, he was also quite quickly broken into a sort of corrupt system and got 
got a, got a taste for it. But he was totally aware of his own unsuitability for the role, to the point that when he found out that envoys were coming to tell him that he was the new pope, he apparently left his remote hermitage and fled even further into the mountains <laughs> in an attempt to avoid them. And it, eventually he was persuaded to come down as far as the mountain town of Aquila, which is where we know that he accepted the papacy because he signed a document there on the 17th of August as, as the pope. His coronation took place there as well. It was like they were worried about losing him, so they didn't want to move out of Aquila. I mean, ordinarily, then he would have gone to Rome. But Charles II, once again, being the puppet master, he was king of Naples, and Naples at this time basically meant the whole of the south of Italy. He persuaded him to set up in Naples instead. And of course, then that just set the tone for a papacy in which he was also basically pushed into electing all of the king's favourites to office. There was one where he tried to elect two people to the same office, like so they could basically just share it and profit from it together. And he was totally removed from the papal court in Rome. And although that obviously had its own issues and has always had issues with corruption, etc., favouritism, you know, it did mean he was completely removed from the whole structure of the church, really, and had become more of a political pawn. And then you get to this day where he resigns and you can feel the relief in mm. the statement. We, Celestine, Pope V, moved by legitimate reasons, that is to say, for the sake of humility of a better life and an unspotted conscience, of weakness of body and of want of knowledge, the malignity <laughs> of the people and personal <laughs> infirmity... <laughs> you can hear him begging <laughs> to recover the tranquility and consolation of our former life do freely and voluntarily resign the pontificate <laughs> well, I tell you who helped him write that speech was Cardinal Benetto Cayetani who you'll never guess, guess what? what he became yeah he becomes <laughs> the next pope so, so he's pretty much just laying out this litany of problems that made the old guy not a very good candidate but but here I come. I actually have yeah. a lot of advantages <laughs> that he happened to, you know, not really have. And so in he comes as Pope Boniface VIII. And one of the first things that he does is that he has Celestine locked up, knowing that former popes can potentially represent a threat to incoming popes. He just basically puts him away. Yeah, and I think it's kind of sad because you get the impression that Del Moroni was naive and he thought that he could just return to his old life on the mountain. But mm. that was stopped pretty much straight away because of, yeah, this fear that he could be used as a figurehead for a rebellion. But, you know, actually the reaction from the Italian public was not keen on a resigning pope. Mm. Dante put him in his inferno, mm. who made through cowardice the great refusal, which is like a really harsh version of being wanker of the week on The Girly Show. <laughs> <laughs> because then not only did Dalmarone not get to go back to the mountain but Boniface made him come to Rome with him instead so he could keep an eye on him and then he was sent to a castle in Lazio where he died 10 months later but should we talk about this didn't just die did he some people think he was murdered <laughs> I don't you don't need to murder an 80 year old man who's already written that he's really really weak a clearly arthritic and weak hermit yeah well he had a mysterious hole in the top of his skull which only pretty recently science has said was caused after you know, he was dead. It wasn't one of those natural holes in the top of the head that you <laughs> <laughs> might come upon tomorrow Apparently audience members could overhear arguments backstage as the cast and crew tried to muddle their way through it. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.